Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. <sighs> now, Simon, tell me, what was that? That was Coke Zero, Alex. It's my sweet, sweet nectar. So tell me, Simon, where are we and why are we here? We are whispering because we're at the back of a Robot Wars competition at the University of the West of England. Uh, It's quite tense here. Uh, Nothing's happening, but we're whispering for some reason. So I really have one question, only one question for you. What's that? Is this going to be fucking lit? I think it's going to be lit AF, Alex. I, of course, also would have accepted Litty to Titty. (laughs) This week, we are going to be talking about robots. Mm. How do you feel about robots? I love Bender. He's my favourite. I mean, Alex, we could get into the R2-D2, the new R2-D2 conversation again, but right. I feel like that's going to be very painful for you. It's called BB-8. Uh, yeah. So that's not- how I feel about okay. robots. All right. So you've seen like more and more in the media and stuff. Mm. You know, you've got things like Boston Dynamics, which makes those robots that sort of look like dogs and the big ones that can walk. Oh, they're freaky. Yeah. They're cool and freaky. Yeah, yeah. I saw this video recently, mm. you know, the black, the backflipping one. Yeah. They would, they should release another video mm. where they basically bully the robot. Mm. They push him over mm. and they wait to see how long it takes him to get up. Mm. Then they get him to, I don't know why I'm saying him. They get it to. So you anthropomorphize him already. It's so terrible. I'm just like, like sexism and everything. Now, how did you feel about uh, seeing you know, that dog one where they kick the dog? The robot dog. I haven't seen the dog being kicked over. I've seen the human robot-ish, human mm. robot, if you can call it that, mm. get like pushed over and then the robot has to pick itself up. And then they did this thing where they get it to pick up uh, like a big box and the robot walks up to it to pick it up and he's doing that proper thing of like picking up with his back, right? Mm. And they move the box and then the robot has to calculate again where it's going to go. And I was like, this is basically bullying. You're bullying the robot before it was even a thing. So- what do you think about like those military robots? You now we've moved into a world of UAV, the unmanned aerial vehicle, drones, committing drone strikes in places around the world. Uh, well, it changes the dynamic, isn't it? I suppose of like warfare and stuff. Mm. Uh, but then, like, what if you use robots to kill humans? 
what does that mean? Like, does is that like moral? Like, is is there such a thing as moral warfare? I like the idea of the new Call of, Call of Duty, moral warfare. Moral warfare, yeah. <laughs> and it's just people like, oh, well, I, I agree with Plato. I agree with Kant. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is when you start delving into that, then it becomes like the country with more money mm. becomes the one that can invest more. And in, it's just how war is now. It's like, if you've got more money, then you've got more powerful weapons. I think the thing that stops a lot of modern warfare is the fact that we don't like to see our people die mm. in war. And that stops a lot of politicians from going to war nowadays. Mm. So you have stuff like drone strikes, mm. which are, are meant to stop war, are meant to like s- s- limit casualties on like the friendly side, but then you have stuff like s- collateral damage. So is it a good thing? Uh, I think all war. F- in all its forms is bad so whether using robots in warfare makes it more it makes it more just it makes it more moral mm. it could do if you had robots fighting robots but if you had robots fighting humans then that can make it worse I guess so speaking of robots mm. fighting robots mm. I went to a university sponsored robot wars competition my god that must you have are been, such a nerd yeah I mean we know that there must have been tons of hot Robots. Robots. <laughs> Robots. Please Robots. don't be sexist. <laughs> it's actually really, really cool. And you know, there are two parts of it. I love the technology aspects of it, but the idea of robots in combat, like, yeah, two robots fighting each other is fine now. But when we're talking about UAVs and this and that, you know, robots used in war, it's mm. properly messy. Mm. Um, but we're mm. not going to get too dark, or we are going to get dark, but we're going to lighten it with... Well, here's me at this robot competition. I'm just really hoping for a lipo fire. I mean, I really shouldn't be. But... What is a lipo fire? Uh, a lipo fire is when a lithium polymer battery catches fire. Now, lithium polymer batteries have very good uh, energy density when compared to things like double A's, uh, alkali batteries. However, if you expose the lithium inside to oxygen, say by piercing the battery, um, you get a sudden exothermic reaction, um, basically a big gout of flame, and whoops, things don't work anymore. So, Simon, would you say that's a viable strategy for winning? Well, I think if you were to plant batteries on your opponents and you wanted to give them extra power for the fight and then pierce them, uh, then that might work. I think the only thing to really add to that is that the process of removing fun from the arena by a lipo fire happening is referred to as liposuction. So, from what we can really understand, it should be lit i was waiting for that <laughs> simon i was not listening to the rules can you explain what's going on i've never ever ever been to a robot competition before i have once seen someone attach three double batteries to a short knife in an attempt to stab someone and cauterize the wound but that was a saturday in richmond What's happening here? Well, they're robots and they fight is basically the rules. You have to try and knock your opponent out. Um, uh, you, you, you knock your opponent into a pit, which can be depressed if you say nasty things about it. Um, you can incapacitate it, uh, your opponent, if you knock out their power supply or their, their traction, for example. Or you can knock them out uh, via, I think there's, a, there's elements of the arena walls which are missing. Judges, are you paying attention? <laughs> Three, two, one, activate! And we have X301 pushing in with the drum. X301 seems to have some quite strong um, 
I've just forgotten the name of the force there. It's making it all. Why being driven by shaky of team nuts? I, I'm going to be honest. I'm trying to do commentating here, but it's, it's too interesting. Does it look like both robots are driven by people with Parkinson's? Not Parkinson's. The robots themselves have Parkinson's. Oh, Wide Boy appears to have stopped. Oh, this is not a good sign for shaking. Wide Boy is not moving. Ooh. X301 is pushing in and hammering him with a drum. Phrasing. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Cease. That is a win to X301. White boy, count it out. So, what do you guys think of that? Like, Okay, I have a very deep question to ask mm. about this. Mm. What is the point of this? <laughs> Why are robots fighting robots in mm. a little glass box? I don't get it. It's a test not... of might, of manliness, what, seriously, explain of this to me. metal. Okay. I mean, loads of people are cheering. This mm. is obviously a big deal. It's a big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> okay, no, it's, it's interesting. It's the use of technology. So it's the idea that, you know, you can use technology at 1.5 kilos. It's beta weight. That was the maximum. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of these were even smaller, they were ant weight. And I find it so fascinating that you can use technology in that way. You know, think about in the last hundred years, you know, we've really developed computers, co- coding, mm. all of that stuff that we can actually use now to control smaller objects that act not autonomously, but, you know, away from us to mm. Um, mm. do things as nuanced as combat. He says nuanced, but you know, it's you guys saw. It's just things whacking things. Yeah, basically yeah. things stabbing things. There were rubber ducks involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, things bashing each other. Do you know what? I love Robot Wars. Yeah. I love that type of thing. Like I would love to. If I was smart enough, I would be there, fucking battling my lobster Pokemon ro- robot, wherever it is. Yeah, but but saying. Like, I totally see where you're coming from. Like, you know, you're right. Like, more robots become more autonomous and this is a way to push that, mm. experiment with that in a fun and engaging way, like mm. through the process of fighting robots. Mm. Yeah, know. but it's just like, it's, it's sort of, it, it's, it's wondering like, this is really cool now, but yeah. eventually where will it end up? Although yeah. you know, right now it's just, it's just emulating like robot wars and that thing we used to love. But like yeah. in 20, 30 years time, are we going to look back on it and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, we can sort of see the, I hate using that slippery slope argument because I yeah. think it's wank, but you can sort of see the trickling of it becoming more accepted in culture. Hey, yeah, we robots are used as killing machines or used as weapons is something that's more and more normalized. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. okay, so from a, like you were saying, like some of these robots that were being used in Robot Wars were quite small. Mm. Um, like weight is a problem for mm. like, I guess the robotics industry, if that's what it's called. Because I was reading about how <clears throat> like drones, mm. a problem with drones for, from uh, using drones for deliveries. Like isn't, isn't Amazon trying to use that or doing that in some places? Yeah, they are researching out in Cambridge as well, in the UK. Yeah, wow. As well as so like, Silicon Valley. I think one of the problems is like vision, mm. robots, to, for robots to have vision in a way that humans have vision, we see with two eyes and each eye processes a certain amount of information and our brain is this amazing computer that processes the different information from each eye to tell us what the thing looks like and how far away, how close it is. And they tried to mimic this in robots. But the problem is in the past, um, robots, like to, to create the computing systems to process vision to that level, mm. the computers become quite 
heavy from what I understand. Mm. And the reason, only reason I know this is because I saw an article recently about the praying mantis with 3D glasses. Did you see this? No. So basically, apparently praying mantises also have similar vi- like vision, visual systems to humans. And the way, and they're obviously their brains are really, really tiny. Mm. So they're collecting, they put these like real smart glasses on praying mantises to collect how they're processing information from each eye to all, in order to understand how they do this complex processing to build computers to do it in a similar way. Like do it with a much smaller computer. With a much smaller computer. So they're basically, there's a brilliant picture if you Google praying mantis 3D glasses. They're putting 3D glass on praying mantises to collect this information. It's like, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I saw a video of this being okay. on Facebook and it was slightly scary. Robert stand by. I'm looking forward to it. Three... Two, one, fight! He's about to get fucking wrecked. Oh! Massive head from Tempest! Another one! Oh! He's got a few in the morning! Oh! Rory's trying to self-right and find an opportunity for his main family from all angles! Oh! Incomplete control, spinning in circles is not good. Is he stuck on his head? It's going down. Oh, on. It's going down. It's going. It's gone. It's gone. It's not going anywhere. That is an out. There's a knockout. Cease. I don't win for Tempest. The European champion is vanquished already. Oh, my God. That was brutal. Fucking flipped him. If you guys were to make a robot, mm. what weapons would you put on it? A uh, toaster. You you would throw a toaster in there. So I can have toast. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm on board with this toaster robot. I'm not going to lie. A toast. I would win. I would defeat my foes with the love of toast. So what you're talking about is breakfast, um, not a robotics competition. Breakfast making robot is not a bad idea. Guys, can we get away from breakfast, please? The concept of breakfast is not what I'm trying to employ right now. Okay, so you want breakfast warfare. What would yeah. you say yeah. uh, a good competitor in this sort of competition would be? Uh, good competitor, uh, good listener. Uh, <laughs> that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good partner. Good mediation so. skills. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've, I've, let me return to topic. Okay. So, so, yeah. I, so in, in, in a lot of these, yeah. these are in this competition. Uh, as you guys saw, uh, a lot of spinning discs. Yeah, those spinning discs. So they're like hacks. They're like um, blade saws mm. but on the side, and those worked really, really well. Really, yeah. because it just it threw like in the last one, it just threw the competitor up into the ceiling. Oh, I thought that robot was jumping on its own. No, no, no it, threw, no, it threw it into the ceiling. Yeah, that, no. was, that, was, that was hit with a blade. It hit with a blade so fast. I genuinely thought that robot was developed to jump up and down on top. Uh, that's what I would do. I would make the robot jump on top of the other robot. You to know, like jump to death. AI would be good. So what are you saying? In a 1.5 kilo robot, I would develop advanced AI. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Mic drop. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I would do so. I would cure cancer. Like you, you can't. Like, you, you can't. Why just, you belittle my? I'm not vision. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. Yeah. Of course, it would be perfect. Yeah. Okay. But that's cheating. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to have AI. Yeah. AI will do it. AI will be sick. <laughs> Guys, just watch the next video. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've always had a soft spot for shunt bots. So what is a shunt bot? A shunt bot, rather than having aggressive weaponry like a spinner or a flipper necessarily, basically just breaks stuff inside the other robot by sheer force, like sort of momentum that you're trying to, you know, imparting on it. They were more common in the previous series of Robot Wars, but in the latest series, um, there are rules that dictate you must have an active weapon, and uh, unfortunately shuntbots break that rule by not having an active weapon, the, the weapon itself just being the body. We've got this time around, rather than a shuntbot, we seem to have a hey, very big spinner that's going in. We've got two of them in this competition. Operandi, but Lilith seems to be coming off of it okay. She's still moving. Motors Operandi. Oh, he's back alive. I'm worried for a second there. Oh, he's throwing a wheel. Oh, he's throwing a wheel. He's lost the wheel. He's throwing a wheel. Well, um, I'm no expert, but I think that's going to uh, slow his mobility. He's in trouble. Lilith needs to get back a bit and get in for a good push and get him rammed up against the wall. Lilith needs to push in, do some damage. Motors Operandi is going to try and use the disc in combination with the drive to... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Another big hit on the front of Lilith. Lilith appears to have drive only on one side. That's not a good sign. But then so did Modus Operandi. Right? That brutal drum that you've got to try and get underneath. Oh, oh. OMG stuck in the corner and we got 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and the win goes to Catalyst! So, Dan, what did we see here? Well, what we saw was um, a very effective drum spinner. Um, was, uh, the fight didn't look really like it was going anywhere. They were kind of pushing into each other. Yeah. The geometry of the robot meant the drum wasn't actually impacting the other, the other robot. Um, and then 
there was just yeah, one yeah, movement of one a, bot a that resulted in the the, the drum spinner like getting that, that like perfect hit, which launched the other bot up into the ceiling and then out of the arena. Truly magical. It was a world star moment. Far too much time on their hands. What we're seeing a lot of is we're not actually seeing a lot of robot destruction. Like the last we saw was a wheel coming off. Um, we're seeing a lot of immobilizations, um, which might potentially be to do with the build quality of the robots. Um, if, if you're building a robot to go onto TV, you want to make sure that it's as high quality as possible. Whereas I know a lot of these bots, a lot of them might have been rushed near the end. Um, they're very good designs, but we've all had to work to deadlines and we know how tough it can be. Um, and I've seen a lot of chat online about people desperately finishing off their builds. So it might just simply be that the build quality isn't as high as it could be and things inside are breaking a lot easier than they should um, just from force of impact. People often ask what makes Chaotic Adequate different from the other live play RPG podcasts available on the fabulous internet. Well... Other podcasts are heartbreakingly without actual scholar of horror, Amanda DeJoya. We're not prisoners. We're your You're daughter. all prisoners. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to speak to the top priest. I want to speak to the manager. <laughs> they sorely lack comedian and actor Angus Dunnigan. She's uh, me, by the way. I say to this dragon, hello, are you the homeowner? <laughs> the dragon looks almost offended that you would imply that he was renting. And uh, other podcasts are tragically bereft of the scientist, comedian and semi-professional troll, Steve Cross. Oh, I love Chagrin you... Battlefounder, come to rescue you. Do you want to roll for potential seduction? Crucially, though, most D&D podcasts have a writer, creator, and dungeon master who's actually played the game before. We, conversely, have Gregory Aikman. There's about 18 different possible quest lines you're going to take and, <laughs> and, and you invented a new one. New episodes each week, new characters to meet, slash accidentally murder, and always new things to get a bit wrong. Join us in the world of chaotic adequate. It's it's very silly. So I'm here with Liam Rogers. Okay. What's up, Liam? Hey, I'm okay. Robert yeah. Cheers, you cool. Ready? So your robot, what's your Three, robot called? Liam Jr. Very creatively one. named, I know. <laughs> mate, mate, how do you name your robot Liam Jr.? Well, originally Liam Jr. was a placement name when I first started it, <laughs> so I was going to name it based on how it would work. But by the time I got it sorted, I just said, screw it, and I embraced the name. <laughs> you, were, you were like, nah, nah, fuck it, I can't be, I can't be fucked. Like, I'm not, not going not gonna to think up a name, I've just got to make it destroy. So put my name, put Jr. on the end of it. Yep. It's fine. So, like, four, when you were three, thinking up two, your robot, one, how did you? How did you start? Well, first I considered. I looked at robots from Robot Wars and from previous Robot Wars I've been to because I've been to some lower weight classes before, and I sort of draw out the general shape and how it's going to work, as well as I was taking consideration any um, specs to define like how heavy it needs to be, any size limits or safety measures that the robot needs to have. And I just start sketching out ideas, no matter how ridiculous they are. So, uh, for people that can't see this, because as you might well have guessed, knowing physics, this is an audio medium, and you can't okay. see sound. Mm. What does your robot look like? 
Well, my robot is a very basic design of a square shape with a metal plate at the front with my emblem on it, which resembles a pair of glasses with L and J written in the lenses. So what makes your robot so fucking terrifying? How can it destroy the competition? Well, with its armoured plating, as long as anything goes to the front, it can basically handle anything it goes against. Its pushing power is immense. And it's as close to the weight limit as I could get it. There's probably very few robots that are as heavy as mine are, but mine is still just in the weight. All right, so wait, what is the weight limit for this weight category? Sure, weight category is one and a half kilograms, but there's like a 2% you can go over, and I'm like right on the border, so... I mean, would would you call that cheating? No, no, it's not cheating. That's what they classified the weight limit to be. Those are the rules. They've measured it, they've looked at it, they've said it's fine, it's not cheating. Those are the rules. They know what the weight is, they weighed it today. (laughs) Oh, wait, so you have to wait. So Jeff has to wait on the day. On the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so like you can't just. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So what what kind of robots do you think do the best in this sort of competition? Well, from previous competitions, it was usually pushers, hence why I went for the pusher route. But with these hybrids, that's what I've seen thus far it's all the spinners that have been winning thus far so that might be something I might consider my next robot because spinner so how long did it take you to like make your robot I started working on it like mid-December but of course I had there's Christmas between then where uh, it's just the robot at the table (laughs) eat your sprouts no do it no so like what do you think is the like the absolute limit that we could do with robotic weapons now. Like, could you say, could you see a robot with a flame flamethrower on it? Was that something? Well, yeah, they, they do exist. People have made combat robots with flamethrowers, but I know the general rules for this is flamethrowers are not allowed because safety and all of that. But. Okay, if there were no safety, if there were no safety laws for this competition, what would your perfect robot be? Uh, if there's no safety rules at all, oh, I'd do, I'd do something with entanglement. There's a big no-nos about entanglement. Where you can't have ro- you can't have weapons that are specifically designed to like ensnare your other. Robots. Those sort of weapons are not allowed. But I'd like to make an ensnaring robot, but of course, safety doesn't allow that. Oh wait, wait. So, so you want a robot that had like like a fishnet? Is that sort of like a fishnet? Yeah. Oh shit! Oh, what about like attacking the other roboteers, like the other controllers? What would you do? Well, there's technically there's nothing against the rules about you doing that, but it's a case of when people design a robot, they put all the armor around the important parts, so it's kind of hard to get to them. But that's it. We've heard it from Liam and Liam Junior. Attack the roboteers. Cheers, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, you saw all the videos of the competition. I didn't stick around to find out who the winner was because like I said, it was robots fighting each other. While cool, I had other things to do. Yeah. What do you think like the coolest thing about seeing that was? The fact that they turned a rubber duck into a robot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's quite cool. I think it's cool seeing that all these hobbyists that come together and for that love of robotics and, you know, it was cool seeing everyone there, you know, really into this kind of hobbyist craft. And obviously people really knowing this stuff makes some cool robots. Mm. And know? also like, I think, I think that's, that, that is definitely one of the coolest things about it. It's like, it is a, like technology, like that form of science, you can make it into a hobby. You can bring it into any space 
And that's really cool. Like I can't like bring a brain home and tinker around with it. <laughs> so the fact that they're so into it and that they can make that into their hobby, not just their profession is super cool. I mean, for a lot of these guys, they aren't, they're just students. It's just a hobby for them. And that's amazing that you can do that whilst doing a degree in something else. Yeah. Like these are real transferable schools you can pick up. Do you guys ever feel weird when you see like drone strikes happening in foreign countries and people will put a, like a, like, oh, it's, it's fine. All people will say, oh, it's fine. They're just insurgents and stuff. Um, mm. when, Cause I feel weird, especially with like things like the, I felt weird even with the Calais uh, migrant camp. Cause I was like, mm. you know, you give me an old ratty t-shirt and old ratty trousers and I could blend in there. Yeah. You know, I don't get a haircut for a couple of weeks and stuff. And I, I, I would look like someone you know, at the Calais migrant camp mm. or whatever. Mm. And so for people to say that like, um, you know, these people deserve it and stuff like, what do yeah. you guys think about that kind of stuff? I know it's, it's as dark and heavy because I'm, no, I'm juxtaposing no, 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 it with. a good question. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's easy to super to the us versus them narrative and to make them like the other people. Mm. And like you just said, you know, in a few weeks and a change of clothes, you could be just like that person. That's how you relate to them. Mm. And that similarly, people who don't look like that mm. should try and think in that way. Like, you know, I could easily be that person. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a real moral, I wouldn't even say it's a moral gray area. I'd say it's quite blatantly wrong. Like, you know. What about you, Oz? Do you ever feel like a sense of, oh, it's not kinship, but do you ever feel like you view people on the other side of drone strikes or whatever with a lot more empathy because you know you could be mistaken for one of these people you could look like one of these people hell you know if not cheddar man you do look like some of these people (laughs) (laughs) cheddar man is me um no you're right i think i i i do agree like sometimes i do wonder if other people think about it in a similar sort of way to maybe you and i just given the way just physical appearance and even when you think about attacks that have happened when they happen in this, in the West, there's always, you know, um, profiles with like flag filters on it and stuff, but these attacks happen in some countries all the time. And because they're happening to people that look like us, it's not, it is true. Sometimes what, uh, what comes out of these stories, because they're not white lives that are being lost. Sometimes people don't seem to look at it in the same way. And that Mm. really, I find that really painful, definitely, every time it happens. And also in terms of like these strikes, like these drone strikes and stuff like that. And the way, like any, I don't think there's any right in war. Okay, like just thinking back to the example of when there was a civil war in Sri Lanka. And in the final stages of the war, from what I understand is they created a safe zone for the people who were for the people who were caught up in the war, but you know the war was primarily seen as sort of the government against the Tamil group rebels. But then there were a lot of Tamil people who were living in those areas who got who were put into these safe zones and then also got attacked. Mm. And that's like that. I just cannot understand how people can. There are a lot of people who in, who will deny this or who will not even acknowledge this happened, but it happened. And I think that is very much the case of, oh, well, it's us versus them, like Sahel was saying. Yeah. And I can never, it never sits well with me that people can think like that. Mm. So do you think that sometimes with the use of robots, 
people can distance themselves from the idea of us versus them because it's not like soldiers on the front line fighting other humans. It's robots. It becomes humans. more abstract, doesn't it? It's more yeah. like, oh, that's an idea. That's not things mm. that actually happen. Yeah, people are fighting mm. ideologies that just happen to be represented with people that they can use robots to take down. Yeah, then it becomes like, oh, like they don't become, they're not human anymore. Mm. They're like, they're like, they are like monsters or like, you know, in terms of terrorists. Oh, terrorists are evil, irrational motherfuckers. But that's the thing. But that even when, is it like that really? Even when you mm. think back to like when one of the, like the worst, well, like, mm. even when you think back, like remember when the hashtag Syria is falling was trending mm-hmm. and people were like, well, Syria is at war. There are terrorists there. Mm. But then we looked at the real stories that people, people in Syria were tweeting out videos as like all their houses were being destroyed and stuff. Yeah. People like you and I who were speaking English, who mm. were just, they were very much like us. Yeah. And I just don't understand how people don't see these people as us because mm. I do. Like I look at these yeah. people and go. Cause it's difficult. Much- it's difficult because then you have to empathize. Mm. You have to empathize in that that's difficult because then you, you actually have to do something mm. which is difficult isn't it because you're like there's so much suffering in the world and like so much fucked up shit going on it's like to add to that mm. it's like can be difficult it can be quite difficult sometimes mm. it's easy to block that out isn't it yeah, and yeah that's true. Lot- I think that is true especially yeah. when you're not in it yeah it's like you prioritise what issues matter mm. to you based on certain criteria could mm. be biological, could be connect more with people mm. um, or it could just be a necessity. Yeah. And that becomes, you know, mm. very easy to do when you don't have physical soldiers on the front line, you have robots, you know, in drone Fighting strikes wars, or, yeah. or even like, you know, Boston Dynamics are generating their yeah. stand up humans or Russia had Fedor, which is another one, which is, you know, with mm. fine motor skills, which they're hoping to use as an astronaut, which could eventually become some sort of soldier. Yeah. Wow. But ultimately, won't these even if even if it gets to the stage where it's robots or like drone strikes or all these these things they're going to be controlled by humans mm. right so at, at the end of the day us as humans we are always going to be the ones who are responsible for it yeah so humans are fucked up yeah we know that <laughs> as always I've been joined by Oz and Sahel yo yo see you later and I've been Alex Lathbridge it's been wine you a doctor yet thank you goodbye so you might be thinking, oh my God, how do I hear more about this amazing podcast that combines humor, entertainment, pop culture, and cutting edge science? Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys are geniuses and I have questions that only they can answer. Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys aren't even real doctors and I know way more about science than them and I want them to know this. So how do I let them know this as quickly as possible? So what you've got to do for us right now is leave us an iTunes review. I know you hear it everywhere, but it's super important because we want that sweet internet validation. Or you can send us your questions or comments by email. It's at whynotdoc at gmail.com. And if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, you can go by social media. It's at whynotadoc on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, iTunes review, follow us on social media, annoy us by email. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.